As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, team? This is Rod. I just want to give you a heads up. If you got any small children or sensitive adults in the room, this podcast has some pretty extreme explicit language like and or and so if any of those words get under your skin a bit, you might want not to listen to this one. But if you don't mind words like or then Tune in, because you're going to laugh your ass off. Think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their you lives. Fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. This show is a show I have been waiting for for a long, long time, brother. Because the guy that's coming on not only is hard as nails, but is hilarious. This guy cracks me up on a level that is right up there with Matt Best and Nick, you know, from Ranger Up and Jack and all those guys out there. Evan, I mean... This dude is funny. Now, the question, the reality of it is I don't think he's trying to be that funny. I just think this is one of those dudes that's oh, just... Wouldn't that be great? Like, why is everybody laughing? I'm serious. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is serious. Right. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you laughing this at me? This is funny. This is, this is uh, really dressed. Am I funny? Am I funny to you? Do I make you laugh? Laugh. Use <laughs> you? I'm here How for good? that. Do I, is that my job? Is oh, that I what do. I do? Yeah. Oh, you, when you have that flashback to that movie, it just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? My <laughs> Ep- favorite is epic. when, like, 
he breaks his he breaks the gun on you know and he's like you broke my gun dude <laughs> anyways so the, the i didn't mean to get blood on your floor yeah yeah you're digging the hole you're digging the hole <laughs> you're digging the hole on this one. Oh man god bless that movie anyways how many holes do you think are in the desert in vegas lots lots right? lots and lots and lots and lots i wonder if they in if, the uh, everglades Oh, and man, in New Jersey. Get, uh, uh, when they're building the casinos, yeah. maybe that's why the strip is where it's at, is because they're scared to dig up the rest of it. I tell them they had they, it covered up. Right? Bugsy Siegel. I, I wonder if he, uh, um, how often that happens, if they keep that on the down low. They, they dig up another body? Yeah, if they're building the casino, they build something. Casino. Yeah, and it, they roll it up roll in it up. the dirt. Bones. Yeah, yeah. There were probably those lazy mobsters that didn't have time. I don't feel like driving them that far out of town. <laughs> just bury him on the edge of town. Right there. Las Vegas naturally got bigger, so they're just constantly digging up oh, bodies. Oh, Steve Wynn has like a whole collection. Yeah. And here's an archaeological oh, that would be dig. epic, right? I mean, <laughs> of course. It's Vegas. There's a, there's a collection <laughs> of bodies we dug up. Digging the hotel. This right <laughs> here is Bugsy Siegel's driver. Ty, polyester. Uh, oh, my God. Identified by, de- identified by their clothing. Oh, clothing. Totally. Totally. In the era, the 40s, 50s, 60s. All right. It, Talk about defining, though. I remember growing up, uh, our, of course, my father was an outlaw. You know, I was right. going to stories about that all day. I, I had an uncle, Lucky. Lucky DeLay was his name. My, my uncle, man. They found him in the trunk of a car. Hands Oof. tied behind his back, two in the back of the head. You know, they were hitmen for the mob. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's a little something you just don't pick up as a child. Child, you know, he was, I thought he was great, man. Big burly sucker, you know, he'd wrestle He's around He's so with cool. I, I saw him, check this out. We were at the track. We were at the track every weekend racing the horses. And uh, we were in one of the paddocks. And he was leaning against this, uh, one of the stall doors. But it had the window was open. And our, we had one of our thoroughbreds in there. His name uh-huh. was Hercules. And dude came out and bit. Lucky on the shoulder, like right, Ow. right here, man. Ow. And he turned around and hit him right between the eyes and knocked him down. <laughs> a horse, a horse. Wow. Isn't that in a movie? That's too? a real thing, that, man. That's I, real. That you happened. saw that yeah. out, Uncle Not, Lucky. Boom. Yeah. Found and him, you're you know. sitting there like this. Oh, that was awesome. I didn't, you know, I thought that was a normal thing. <laughs> How the hell did you break your hand doing that? That's all oh, he, he did right it. there. Yeah, you know, he was a, a boxer and a. I mean, the stories about this dude were legendary, man. But yeah, I don't know. He just hit that sucker. Wow. Shook it off. I don't think I'd ever have the inclination to hit a horse. You know? Well, you ever been bit? No, I, I've right, never well, been yeah, bit you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd hit him. Okay. Yeah, I don't, man, I love that. I've grown up around yeah. my whole life, man. One grabs a hold no, of you. No, that's not about that. It's about and don't worry about pain. Anything you can back up and, and throw really into doing a, damage you know, to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Anything you throw into a horse, they're not, it's, gonna... <laughs> it's nothing, dude. That's why it's like, <sighs> I'd go get a, like a cow prod or a cattle prod. There's a reason why they're used for crowd control. Yes. Exactly. Thank you. Gonna shimmy over. And I've heard that until you stand in front of one of those lines where they're pushing people back with horses, you just don't get it. So this show we're doing is about crowd controlling gangsters Gangsters. with horses. That's what the show is about. Negative. This show is well be. No, no. I I forgot how we got got on this topic. (laughs) Right. There's some truth. We we went down a rabbit hole inside the rabbit hole. We we. I was talking about how like that that movie defines kind of a generation as we were growing up because. Everyone thought Italians were gangsters. Every single one of them. You know, they had no. the, this the flair, and they made that into that into into what it is. But, uh, I, I remember that because they're not all gangsters. No, and they don't really like that. No, that they, <laughs> my buddy Morgan Pepitone's dad owned a subway shop. 
Right, one of the first subways. Awesome uh, guy. And then a breakfast uh, place. Man. Yeah, my other buddy Frankie Papa's dad. Yeah, Mel, Frank I, we go to Italy. Sometimes All the good guys. <laughs> 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 Shout out to you guys. Anyways, the other thing that really fires me up about Derek and the guys he hangs out with and the videos he makes is because he brings something really special. He brings veteran humor to the masses. Man, that's it. That's exactly, you said it, man. I couldn't figure out how to say it, but what, what, he takes our attitude, right? The humor that we have inside the military and, and breaks that out into the, into the, nor into the civilian world. And, and enhances people's lives with it. I mean, he, it, he shows that, Hey, our way of thinking, our our dark humor, the way we address things is a little tweaked or whatever, but it's all positive. And in its essence, it's all positive. It's a derivative of community. It's a derivative of camaraderie. It's a derivative of assisting one another with the never quit mindset. And it's also a, a, a major component of how we deal with our struggles, how we deal with tough times right. is through that humor with each other and i know we talk about it all the time on this show marcus you talk about it all the time with oh, your buddies you know that stop by you know hq here all the time so i uh, went we what's that the billion dollar question or however much it costs to make a navy seal they, all the psychiatrists psychologists everybody comes in to test us and evaluate us. Remember that, remember that test we had to take oh, yeah. first phase? It's like a, like a book. <laughs> and you took it after you just got pummeled like but, on yeah, long PT uh, or something? And, yeah. and I remember just like you would do in, in high school and college, everyone's kind of congregating around outside. You're like, hey, how, how did, you, did you pass? Man, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> did it, yeah, I never saw anything come I mean, they asked, you know, do you, if, you were, if you were a painter, would you paint a tree, a flower? But you know, I you never thought corpse. of it. Uh, if you had to kill, hey, but we had a guy elephant? who failed it. We had a guy who, I guess, answered it wrong, right? And right. they jerked him out of there. Like, bye bye. Yeah, got rid of him quick. <laughs> I remember that. You, you also we were in the pool when it happened. Like, is there some computer huh. thing they put the answers in and it goes beep 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 beep? You know? and it's <laughs> like you put too many C's or D's, right. and you know when you're exhausted, you just try and C break out. them up. Yeah, right. Like I need it B B C D B B. Right. Yeah, exactly. As soon as they program it, it goes ah, psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> just the light comes sociopath. Out. Sociopath. Psychopath. We can live with the sociopathic behavior, right. perfect, but not the psychopath. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Do too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Wizard, do you have uh, a little background that we can share with everybody? Yeah, about a little Derek? bit about him. Uh, Derek Wyda. Let's see. So, let's go to the military. Um, his military experience was he was in the Army 82nd Airborne. 82nd. He was wounded. He was wounded doing, uh, going door to door doing some. Uh, black hats? Well, jump school, airborne. Mm. I always think it's airborne. No, the guy, the instructor's at Airborne. Remember Black oh, Hats? I'm sorry. Yeah, but you're in 18 Delta too. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Home I'm the not 82nd. talking about 82nd. Those guys got red braids. Airborne. Very cool. Yeah. Airborne. 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 Hua. Airborne. Hua. <laughs> sorry. Can I direct your attention to the 80-foot sling tower? Just... <laughs> I'm shut up so I can finish this. <laughs> Are you fired oh, up? Oh, <laughs> dude. It wasn't even 80-foot. That's all it was. That's... It was up there, bro. And we... It was like 30 feet. was it like 30 foot? It's not bad. I suck at jumping, man. I burned in on the tower drop. You did not. Yeah, man. I got hit the ground. 
I hold my head spilled, dude, whatever. Man, it was t- dude, the class before my class is, is they had two team guys or two tables went up, hung from it naked and took photos of it. Right. <laughs> They're still, they, that was go ahead. No, no, that was the thing. And, and so my class, like our in brief and Benning was like, and any of you, you know, tadpole think you're bad, you know, hang from Hoo-yahs. that tad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to court martial. And we're like, okay. <laughs> they tell us, but the problem is they tell us what the class ahead of us did. And so one of us hung one, the class before us hung a sheet and, yeah. uh, and had the buds class number on it. And it, a storm had come in and blew it into the canopy riser. And it some, somehow jammed it up. So when we got in, the black hats, I mean, they were all over us, bro. Oh, because yeah. Because of your class and because of the one before us. And, of course, we had to do something, but we just waited till the... Uh, <laughs> they think they're telling you what you should not do. They don't, don't realize the exactly. what they're doing is telling you where the current standard, <laughs> standard is, is right, so that exactly. you could exceed that. <laughs> Any idea what you're dealing that's with That's probably here. part of the reason why I got kicked out of that school. Right, once and that's why it's good when the sergeant I majors walk up. you got kicked out. <laughs> I know, that's unbelievable. Not really. My, yeah. <laughs> All right. So third, third deployment, Iraq. What happens to Derek? They're going door to door. They're in Baghdad. Uh, he takes a round through the knee, puts him down, wakes Ow. him in Germany. Um, that carries itself through. Eventually, you know, he he gets medically retired in 2009. They in 2011 they amputate the leg. Um, and th- now there's a whole arc of of how he dealt with this throughout all that. And we're going to get into that later. Um, He's really built himself into an internet presence and as well as involvement Massive in some following. other projects as far as a, he doesn't call himself, he calls himself an amputee extraordinaire, not a wounded <laughs> veteran. I like that. All right, he's an amputee extraordinaire, at least. He's involved in something, well, he started or at least helped found the Next Objective, which is an organization that uh, gives grants to veterans for gym memberships, training, events, sponsoring, something like that. He's really wrapped, it seems like his persona, his mission in life is revolving around fitness as an adaptive oh, athlete, bad. right? He's bad. Adaptive athlete. To the point where he's also involved in something called Rush Club, which is a super interesting... It's a... It's like Fight Club, but for fitness. Yeah, they go head-to-head in these... Wads. Cro- CrossFit. CrossFit. I say it. Wad. In these CrossFit competitions where it's two adaptive athletes going head-to-head, um, and it really, from what I understand, gives them a forum that didn't exist before that to compete, uh, to compete in, so gives them something to shoot for. I dig it. So, what do you think, man? Because this dude's funny. We are going to be rolling. I guarantee it. You, the listener, are going to be rolling. And and I'm telling you, man, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome on board. Thanks for being here. Stand by because this is going to blow your doors off. You're going to learn stuff that's going to help you overcome adversity, face obstacles, get fired up, learn that never quit. You're going to be hilarious. You're going to be cracking up. And if you're a fan of Derek and you're here listening, thanks for coming over. Thanks for being in the show. And if you're coming back for more, stand by because Derek has, he is the never quit attitude. That's who he is. He exudes it. He oozes it. So let's get white on the show right now. All right, man. You know, Marcus, one of the things, there are dudes out there that just make you feel better in a weirdly kind of funny, scratchy, tingly way. 
and 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 I can't, I couldn't quite put it. That, that's okay. It just depends on where the tingling's happening. It's all about right? location. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. No, no, it is. It is you. And I, let me let me finish because. The first time I ever saw you, you're wearing a American flag, uh, uh, like barbecue top, nothing else. I think you were actually naked underneath. You're you uh, you're you're just going big, talking about getting off your ass. You're talking in a in a reality that cut through the bullshit in ways that it just wasn't really out there on the internet at all. And you were talking for the first time that I saw and I heard from what I was used to as a veteran and coming from where I was born and in the teams and being a part of the military. And so to be able to bring you on to share with our listeners, brother, that is epic. Yeah, that's that's the first one I saw, too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have it. didn't send me with a name. Mm-hmm. One of the boys sent it to me. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah. Dude, I must have sent that to like 50 <laughs> people, bro. And they're like, you gotta check this dude out. So without further ado, Derek, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. You want to know a funny story about that video? I, I do. Hated I hated it. Like, we, uh, we, we did that video two times before that final video, and the first two times were like your run-of-the-mill. I wanted to be like educational and, and, and help people <laughs> out with fitness, and they were just really boring and just, just like every other video out there. So one day we were kind of like, I was done with the project. I was like, screw it. Let's just drink beer all day and get this video done. Whatever we put out, we put out. And then it ended up turning out somewhat okay. So, well, you know? Like, well, it's so funny you said that, man. When you take the constraints off and you just be yourself and you let that happen, man, that's where the gems come out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that vi- I think the video works so well because it's like just, and just like that, like we made the video simple. So it was good. And, and fitness and health, it's so simple, but people make it so hard that, that, that everyday folk, just they're just overwhelmed with information and they're confused to the point of paralysis and they do nothing, you know? So it's kind of relatable on a, on a very bro level. So I, I love it. I love it. All right, well, all we, right. We've talked about this video so much. Let's just throw out the title in case somebody wants to watch it. It's called <laughs> Losing Weight with Derek Weida. So YouTube. Go type find it, in. it, listen to it, watch it, and get off your ass, right? Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So... Derek, the way we start the T&Q podcast is we got to do a warm up, right? We got to we got to limber up because we're getting all old. I'm, you know, a few of us are are already starting to complain about back pain and knee pain. And, That's and not make, fair. And you just complained about fair. Uh, yeah. You just complained about knee pain bad the other day. <clears throat> I did, man. As you came off your tractor. Yeah. Right. We can talk about that openly because of, of him, man. But yeah. Make sure that doesn't make it out to the general masses that I'm complaining about pain, all right? Well, we, we've crossed over the threshold right. of 40. Hey, do you, right? have a, do you, get, you still get phantom pains? Oh, yeah. 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 God dang, dude. Yeah, it's funny. Like, we'll just be sitting there watching TV, and it's the worst because, like, when we have guests over, like, my wife, she's she, she understands my phantom pain, but we'll just be sitting there watching TV, and people are over, and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, you know, like, just screaming out loud in pain, oh. and everybody kind of looks at me, and I just carry on like nothing just happened, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what was that? You know? it, that's exactly what happens, man. I've been around some of the guys when they get it, and if it's a good one, man, if it jerks your ass off the couch, man, people are like, what do we do? We douse him with water or we CPR? What's going on? He's like, my leg is killing me. Like, it's not there. But you ain't got no legs. You ain't got no legs. <laughs> 
it's so funny. Like we'll be sitting in the car sometimes too, and just like ah, and then I just. I carry on like nothing happened. It just makes people feel weird and uncomfortable. It's hilarious. Oh, that's what's so funny about it, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> All right. So, just real fast. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's so criti- crucial, man, that when operators get injured and they lose extremities, the, the personality and the sense of humor that we have you know, makes it makes it livable, right? And the fact that he gets yeah. out and talks to civilians who, you know, who've lost limbs, and stuff, it's, it's more difficult for a, a regular person. I mean, in us, it's like, oh, yeah. he's turning me into a Terminator, that kind of whole thing. Right. And when you have that, that mentality that we have when you can, when you can make fun of yourself and, and, and laugh at the situation because your, you know, your plight is just something that's stuck on you. It doesn't really have to determine which way you go, man. And guys like that who, who can push past it, man, that just opens up the door for so many, especially kids, right? Oh, I you can't imagine appendages away from kids man that's a whole different world you got guys like that like chad you know all them guys man they're just harder than they were before did did you did you find let me i'm before we get into madness i I should have thrown that out later no it's all right it's legit because i think it's a valuable lesson for our listeners that you know you know you take something and the humor of a defeating potentially defeating debilitating injury or or whatever it's physical or mental spiritual whatever but then you t- you can flip it through humor and actually get deeper, faster, and how you connect with others. When did you first mm. realize you could do that, Derek? Well, um, well, so like with my in- like, I'm just I'm grateful that the the army taught me what it did. Like the army, like everything I learned in the military, it, it, you know, it, it taught me how to uh, uh, be a good soldier. But and I didn't see, but like everything I learned in the military, I, I utilize now. You know, like. Like, yeah, sometimes life sucks, but you just like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do about it? You might as well have a good time, even when things are, when, when, when things are dire or something like that. So, so kind of what you're saying, like, yeah, it's, uh, I'm fortunate to have had the upbringing I did in the military to allow me to live the way that I do now with, you know, like a, people say like they commend my positive attitude in such a bad circumstance. And it's like, I'm like, I'm still alive. Like I'm still breathing. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I have a lot of things to be thankful for. And I have a lot of things that I can still continue to work towards. Like my life, it's not like nothing's ever as bad as, as we think it is, you know? And, that, and this one thing I've learned through all this, like as time goes on, things get better. And, and yeah, there's so many like thing getting, you know, like getting wounded in combat and, and having a disability sucks every day. But it teaches you a lot about you really grow. It's it's actually kind of cool. It makes life a little bit more interesting. It's like adding a a, a good seasoning to a steak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I think one of the wow. biggest problems in the beginning, especially, is when we've got the uh, people who talk to the guys who are injured that haven't been in combat, haven't been injured. Man, they're, they're, your perspective is different. I mean, it has to be. They yeah. they look at it as like a horrible situation. It's okay to feel like this, right? But the way we've been trained, it's kind of like you know, I got hurt, man. I need to get back online. You know, yeah, that's yeah. It, it. Sucked, but it it's supposed to. That's what I dig about it. That's why I signed up for yeah. this. Right? I wanted to suck. <laughs> we mm-hmm. like this suck right. for and, sure. And right? need, I mean, a lot of the guys that come back and it's been taught to them that hey, man, civilian life's hard, and and you know to 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 assimilate back in is gonna be. I don't, I don't think about it like that because, man, you're you're kind of an advanced human coming out of the military. You've been taught to deal with the rigors and the tough situations. And, and you're right, man. They, they, they try real hard to separate you from the military part of it, but you really need to embrace it. Huh. You know, I, I wasn't as cool as you guys by any means, but like joining the infantry and then, yeah, you got every like everybody's life. There's some people's lives are ruined forever because they're involved in an explosion. And it's like, what'd you do in the military? Like, well, I was in the infantry. I was like, what did you expect? 
What did you think was going to happen? That is literally exactly what you signed up to do. Like, you know, like, you know, it's like you, you get a job at McDonald's and you get, you know, your life is ruined because they make you make burgers. Like, what did you think you were going to do? I'm not sure, but. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. It looked a lot cooler on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it, man. I mean, I have people like, like, I signed up because I saw what you went through. It was cool. No, it ain't. No, I'm, it's cool to me because I was trained for it. But you just walk your butt in there and you, and, and have to experience what most of us go through on a regular day, man. Uh, that's where you, people would get the stress. Oh, totally. Just watching what happens to us. Totally. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We, yeah, man, we just did a whole let's interview come back before down. That was like the whole show right, right there. there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. We were a little warmed up. Let's get really warmed up with the Mad Minute. So no holds barred on the answers. Just fire away. Marcus, go ahead. All right. If you could have, if, if you could have bionic legs that could make you run as fast as a Ferrari, or would you rather have the Ferrari? Uh, I want the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> in a hurry to get anywhere on my on my legs man like uh, hey you never know man some of them guys just gotta Ferrari is yeah. pretty cool that's a pretty solid answer right, right there. Yeah. that's some straight honesty Good, right yeah. there dude all right if you if you had to fight one who would it be with uh Sylvester Stallone and Rambo 2 or Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando I want to fight Rocky, dude. I'd, 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 that'd be a dream. I'd fight Stallone just to get my ass beat by Stallone and then tell my friends, like, dude, I got whooped by Stallone this one time. It was awesome. Right? Awesome. Awesome. Have you ever it. had your ass whooped? Hell yeah. Let me tell let you me about, tell you about the story. Story. Rocky, people. Epic. And the Eye of the Tiger was playing the whole time in, in, my, in, brain. My, in my head while he was stomping the crap out of me, man. I was like, just yeah. rolling face in the hospital bed with a smile and a thumbs yeah. up, you know? Like, <laughs> As long as he's wearing the American flag trunks while totally. he's, he's beating my ass. All right, favorite movie character you like to play out in real life? Oh, shit. Uh, uh, Chief Brody, Jaws. Awesome. Awesome <laughs> answer. Wow, dude. We're going to need a big... Right that's why you said we need a bigger boat comment uh, to me there yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You li- that's I, good. I love Jaws that. has been on, too, man. I, I've... I've, I've I've been catching snippets of it the last. Oh, it's on all the time. What a great answer! That's totally outside the box. I never. That's the best one we've got yet. I love. All right, if you could go back and live in any decade throughout history, what time period would it be? Hmm. I'm a big. uh, I'm a big nut on like uh, the early Roman days. So whenever. Whenever that was, something AD, huh? Back when like the Rome and the Senate were just in their early days. That's like the time of Julius Caesar. I'll I'll go with that one. So That'd full, be cool. Full power Rome or coming yeah. up Rome? No, like, like full power full Rome. Power, yeah. yeah, Julius full Caesar. Power, full, full, full conquest. Power. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And Nobody you, said Rome yet. What would you be doing? <laughs> making money <laughs> off the land, dude. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. raping and pillaging. What else? <laughs> what be doing? I just World told you the height no, of the Roman army, right? <laughs> That's yeah. self-explanatory. <laughs> I love it. Never. All right, here you go. It, oh, that was my question. You're next, Marcus. What was your first car, bro? Oh man, it's, embar- it's a, a Saturn Ion. Just a weak little, a weak little Saturn Ion. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a cool dude like that. It wasn't a, it wasn't a truck or a cool car. I bought a like a like a thirteen thousand dollars Saturn Ion. 
Nobody has a cool car the first bro, car, right? Bro, I had my mom's Maxima uh, with know, no yeah. back shocks. If you're the cool car kid at 16, you know, I think you lose something. You're hated. Hated. You technically, technically, so like I, I couldn't get my parents when I was uh, 15, 16. They said that I could get my license if I got a B average in school. And I said, no, thank you. Um, so I, just, <laughs> I, had wait, <laughs> I had to wait till I was 18 to get my license because I didn't I didn't care about school. But uh, my, my buddy had a license, but he didn't have money. But I had money. So we, we bought it like a big van, a big white painter's van. And we used to in high school, you know, we would smoke it out and drink it and get to <laughs> school and stuff. So technically, that might be my first vehicle is the old well, van. I think yeah. that's it. And that's a lot cooler no than windows, the I had, bro. No windows, <laughs> free, free candy spray painted on the side of the. <laughs> It, it was it was that van, and we had like a couch and a beanbag chair in the back. Yeah. Where you And you steal the ice cream guy's little song, and you'll drive around so, the neighborhood. Uh, Is that what you're talking one, about? One of the boys on one of those little t- rabbit holes. We were going down on the text message, man. Somebody sent me a picture of a of a real van. It had free candy. Oh my Spray paint on the side of it. You know, no, exactly the van he's talking. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. I'm talking about. I man. do. I, I do. I do. All right, wizards, hit him up. All right, if you uh, if you came back as a ghost, who would you want to haunt? <laughs> My sister. Just cause, <laughs> like, I'll just make I'll just make her like hell. You know that'd be funny. It'd be it'd be very entertaining for me to haunt my sister. <laughs> no no grudges or anything. I just want to you know like I just want to mess with her. You know so <laughs> it's not out of hate. It's out of love. So. It's total passion and love. I love it, dude. All right, all right. Last question is: What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. <laughs> no no what's your favorite swear word that's actually on, on facebook there's a you know that you can do surveys to find out your disney princess i'm ariel and then you can do like your most, Wait, what where's that where's that <laughs> like you can do your most used words on facebook and it and it puts it in a little circle image and all you see is fuck fucking fucking like different variations of fuck and then there's shit workout kill you know like those are my most used words on facebook <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no wonder vets get a bad rap yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh man hey, I, awesome. I called home one time and my my father who was also a, a sailor and right support, i mean you know, we don't cuss around women but i mean i was on the phone with him and he's like son son what happened to your vocabulary I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> I, I was dropping the f you know we learned how to you were around the guys a long time, and you're deploying, man. You can use a whole sentence with that word. Oh, and bro. It, it's, it fills in everything. Bro, I, I was it's instructing I mean, a class. It was So the first week was med week and SQT, and I was giving my big hoo speech of what they needed to do, and I finished, and I'm all fired up, and, and this junior officer raises his hand and goes, uh, Instructor Rutherford, uh, and I go, what the fuck you want, sir? And he goes, do you realize that you just said the F word 16 times in one yeah. sentence? As I was like, F you, sir, drop down. You know? Go get wet. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's ingrained in us. I, I don't even notice that I swear so much. And like, I'll put videos on the internet and, and uh, you know, people will be like, can you, can you post a video with less swear words? Or they, or they share the video and they're like, caution, bad language. I'm like, why the? Why is it even fucking? Who the fuck cares? Like, who's like? How how, how is me using the word fuck ruining your day? You know, like, what, the, what the fuck? It's just a it's just a word. It's like an expression. It's how I express myself. You know, it's not cold outside. It's fucking cold, man. You know? like, <laughs> That's the emphasis. 
Dude, it's the only word that's a verb, an adverb, a gerund, yeah, a noun. noun yeah, 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 I mean, it's awesome. Junction it pulls it all, all right. together. On that note, let's 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 pivot a little bit. Let's shift up, up the the tempo. Our listeners come to the show, Derek, because they're searching for some pearls of wisdom, some nuggets of information that are going to spark that fire in their gut. That's going to enhance their ability to face adversity, overcome obstacles, and really get them a kick in their pants to get out there and, and start experiencing life to its fullest, to, to find purpose and just drive on with the never quit mindset. So if you could, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners, brother? Yeah, I'm going to preface with 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 like my greatest, my biggest regret in my life, like the one time I quit. Cool. I know, I know this is the never quit show, but here's a lesson I learned when I when I quit. So like I wasn't born a hard dude. Like I grew up in the city. My parents they're they're both really soft, and you know like violence wasn't uh, uh, we you know we couldn't be violent in the house. I didn't shoot guns or go hunting or nothing like that. I grew up I grew up a little bitch, and you know, when I, <laughs> I did you know, and I was like this emo That's dude. That's honesty and, right and, there. And um, luckily I got into fitness when I was 17. I joined the army, and uh, so I wasn't like uh, this hard dude but i um you know i wanted to go you know like uh, just like every other dude in the infantry i wanted to get like ranger qualified and go the special forces route uh, that was my goal not to say that i would have made it but i, I definitely would have tried but it, i was in uh i finally signed up uh, uh in for ranger school and i went to prc at fort bragg the pre-ranger course there and uh um, you know, like, and it's funny cause now I'm known as Derek White of the dude who doesn't quit and things like that. But <laughs> I, dude, I quit PRC, you know, like I, I straight up just quit. And it was, it was for a couple of reasons and they're all stupid, you know, like you, uh, you guys know, and, and you didn't quit, but you get, you, everybody gets those voices in their head where you just like quit, 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 you know? And, and I, I gave into that voice in PRC and I learned a lot of lessons from that. And I was when, and we got deployed right after. And, uh, like, so those, that was my big goal and dream in life was to, you know, like go to ranger school, you know, get that green beret, do that job, hang out with those guys. And because I quit and then we got deployed and I got shot, I never have, I never have another chance at that because I bitched out the first time. So like, um, qu uh, quitting, quitting like, and so like, I've never quit anything else since then, you know, like that was the one big right. thing I quit in my life and it just... You know, like I'm, I'm on the one hand, I'm glad it happened because you have to, you have to learn to like, like I don't beat myself up for, for quitting PRC. It's not like, oh, you're, you're, you're a worthless piece. I mean, despite what my first sergeant told me, you know, <laughs> you know I get back to the unit. He's like, you're the most worthless piece of shit I ever met. I'm like, oh, damn, dude, that's, that's kind of harsh, man. You know, but you know, there's, there's lessons in quitting. And I think you have to get, you have to get some of us. You know, some guys just go right through. They're 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 made for it. They're wired for it. But uh, some people learn at a slower rate. And um, you know, I just learned that. Um, you know, I know it. I know what quitting feels like. I know what that that feeling feels like of regret and just wishing you could go back and and not be a little bitch about something. You know. And so now now in my life, you know, like I've done done weird things. Like we do a twelve mile tough mutter on crutches, and it's you know, people ask me how I do these things that I do today. And it's like, the truth is like, I know what quitting feels like. And I hate that feeling. I hate that version of me. Like we all mm. have that version, like the, the voice in our head that says quit and the voice that says, like, you know, just keep going. Right. And, and I, and I hate, I hate the version of me that wants to quit. And so now, 
you know, I don't really have like this grand scheme, this plan. You know, there's when 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 I'm doing something difficult, I, I never, I don't have this voice in my head that's talking me through, like this is why you shouldn't quit or something like that. I just know, <laughs> I just know I'm not gonna quit. You know, and, and things get and things get tough, and I look like I'm sucking. We were we were doing Murph last year, and I did it on crutches. It was like hundred and humid, and I was about to go. I was looking like I was gonna go down, and people around me, they're like trying to motivate me, they're like, "Come on, Derek, you can do it." I'm like, "I know I can fucking do it." I'm just on crutches. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm gonna make it. Just fuck off. You know, like I, you know, and so you just, you know, and then everything becomes a habit, you know, and that's the thing. Like quitting, quitting becomes a habit. You do something too many times, and it becomes a habit. It's the same with not quitting. Not quitting becomes a habit. The more you, you, you know, the the when when you get to that point where you're at the cross the crossroads, like you know, the T intersection, it's like go left, quit. Go right, don't quit. The more often you go right, the more often you will go right. And it just becomes so, you know, now the people are commend me on my ability to not quit or something, but it's it's a mindless thing. It's not something I have to try to do. It's just who I am now, you know, because you make that decision so many times to not quit and it just becomes a habit and you don't even think about it anymore. You just and you just sit there and look around like, oh, this 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 one sucks. You know, but <laughs> that's that's well, all there is to it. It's like, oh, this is this is pretty tough, you know. And but you just keep going. So well, I I I if I can back up a little bit with you, you 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 experience that feeling, man. And and I I'll be honest with you, I thought about it every single day in buds, and and I actually feel the same way because I got out too early, right right before Iraq kicked off, and I always regretted that, had that guilt, and bared that cross. But so I feel you on that, man. But what was the thing that you deployed right after? Because you were in combat, you're there with your unit, you guys, you were, you know, it was going down. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, did you, did you, did it make you better in that deployment? Did you, did it make you harder? Did it make you more focused, more, more dialed in? I, yeah, you know what? Like I did, I grew like, so I quit PRC December. They, they kicked me out of Bravo company and they put me in Charlie company. I showed up and the, the platoon started said, like, I don't care. I don't care. Like you're here now. You're a team leader. Your, your pass is over. And, and, and they gave me, they gave me a clean slate, which was real nice. And That's uh, you cool. know, we, yeah, we were in Iraq, not, but you know, like two, three weeks after, and this is the deployment I got shot on. So like early January there. And yeah, like, I grew a lot from that experience. And then I definitely grew like, so we were in uh, just outside, you know, in and out of Sauter city in 2007 there. So to wow. say I grew up fast that year, I yeah. bet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And it's, and it's remarkable to me about timing and how timing in our lives work and how, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't really say, all right, if this happened, this negative thing happens, I'm, I know this is going to happen down the road. Because it really sets you, I believe, up for when you did get shot and yeah. and having to go through that process. Would you would you talk a little bit about your attitude when you woke up in Germany and and just your whole you know your fight in that space? Yeah. So um, you know, I got so I got you know I got hit on a house raid there, and then woke up in Germany. They fly me to uh, long long story short, I wind up at Walter Reed there, and I took a bullet just like side to side, right through the knee. So it just like blew out the whole, the whole middle, uh, and top part of my knee. Like I still have condyles, but you know, like my knee was gone and, and, and they didn't really know how to fix it. Like they, they flew me to Womack at Bragg there for my surgeries. And I got to Womack and they just said like, we're not qualified for this, this mess, you know? <laughs> and, and so they, they, they drive me. So it was actually funny. Like 
fly to fly to DC. They they fly me down to Womack, and then they they drive me in an ambulance back up to DC. And I've been like they didn't, they didn't been pushing too many meds on me, so I was feeling a lot of pain. And the ambulance driver was cool as shit, man. He was like, dude, they gave us a lot of morphine for this trip. Like, you just, he's like, he's like, do you just, you just want it all? I was like, motherfucker, yeah, I want it all. That's a question for me, one for you. Right now. I should be asleep, man. You know, so. Mm. I know you're driving, <laughs> but, so you just have a couple, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you could turn on the radio to some of that easy listening. <laughs> We're just in the back laughing, squirting in each other's mouths and shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Hit me but again. So, <laughs> so I get uh I get to DC there and and you know I'm on the Ward 57 back then and and uh they they do a major surgery and they put like a a big plate up my femur and and I got like 27 screws in my leg and um my knee wouldn't bend though you know like it was mm-hmm. I basically had a fused leg and they and they kind of it was it was early on in the process. And they told me as far as a prognosis, like best case scenario, maybe someday I'd walk unassisted, like walk without a cane. And dude, I wasn't done yet. So I, I told him, I told him back then, I was like, cut my leg off. I was like, just cut it off. Give wow. me, give me a working leg. Cause you know, n- not to talk shit, not to say I would have made it, but I was, you know, in my head at the time, I was like, it's someday in America here, like there's, there's going to be a dude who goes to ranger school with a prosthetic and graduates. There's going to be a dude who goes to selection with a prosthetic and graduates someday. I'm not saying that I'll be that guy, but I'm saying like, I got the dick to try to be that guy. You know? <laughs> awesome. So I, I really wanted him to cut off my leg back then. And, um, but doctors are doctors and they, they wouldn't do it, you know? And cause like the normal human response is to save the limb. Yeah. Hippocratic I, growth, man. I have I have friends now who have like legs that aren't legs, but it's their legs, so they don't want to cut it off, and they can't run or work out or something like that. But they're attached to their limb. It's like they're sentimental about their leg, but by definition, it's not a leg because it doesn't do what a leg does. So the mm. doctors didn't understand my mentality on that, you know. And well, uh, yeah, I I I remember that back in the day. We kind of talk about this a little bit, man. Guys would uh, you know they get those knee injuries. 20, 30 surgeries to hold on to that thing. I mean, it, and it's, the technology has come so far now. You know, you get a splinter in your knee. You're like, take it. Go ahead. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Give me that, give me that <laughs> leg right over there, on right there, number 27. I want that one. You know, that kind of thing, man. I, like, you know, I live through this amputation, so every time I stub my toe, I'm like, fuck, cut it off. <laughs> just get another amputation double yeah. my social media following overnight yeah. <laughs> i literally trying to try to make myself into a terminator here i want to be all you know, cyberdyne systems oh, from about the chest down God, dude that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. so uh uh back to the story they uh you know i i, I really did i argued with the doctors for two years and they're like well let's try this surgery let's try this surgery and finally like I was like, just cut it off, man. Let me let me get my life back, you know? And uh, they said, all right, we're going to try one more surgery. And if it doesn't work, then we'll talk about amputation. We did that surgery. And then I it didn't work because, like, just my knee wouldn't bend. And, uh, you, know, I put, you know, I was at the VA talking to this dude, Dr. Nelson, and they, they denied me the amputation. So in 2009, they medically retired me. And, that, and then, like, 2009 to 2011, like, I, I won't lie, um, I wasn't – those were dark times for me, you know, like that, that was my phase where I, I just, I I really did sort of just give up on life for a while. And I thought that because, you know, honestly, like I made those mistakes, like in private, um, you know, I thought that because my life as a soldier was over that, that my life was over, you know, I was just sort of on a crash course for death. I didn't care. I didn't live with any purpose. I didn't care about anything. I was just, 
you know, I was drinking all the time and living recklessly because I had a plan to just, just to die. I was like, my life's over, you know? Yeah. So I was there with you, bro. When I got out three years, man, same thing for me, trying to, trying to figure out what that identity is when it's Mm -hmm. taken from you. And for you, like they took it from you, you know, just said without a choice, man, you know, I mean, that's gotta be even more difficult. I would I would imagine. Yeah, it was tough, you know, and because like, um, so like I got into fitness as a teenager, honest. So my, 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 uh, my mental issues aren't military related. Like we, we have uh, depression in the family and like I had my first run in with, with suicidal thoughts and whatnot when I was a teenager. Like I said, I was like this really emotional kid, like 15, 16, I had my first run ins with suicide. My, my, my parents took me to a psychologist and this dude suggested I start working out. I was like, well, that sounds stupid, but you know, like, <laughs> that's dumb. But so I, you know, I, I, I quit, I quit smoking weed, I quit drinking, and I started running and working out. And so fitness became my drug. my new drug, you know. And I, I sort of lost, I lost a lot of that ability when I just had, you know, when I had the when I had my human leg that was fused, it hurt like a motherfucker. It didn't do anything. I wasn't able, I, I wasn't in control of my life, and that pissed me off, you know. Um, and then finally I went back to that same doctor in 2011, same doctor at the VA that denied me and he, he approved the amputation. And I swear, man, as soon as, as soon as they gave me what I want, I told them from the start, it's like, if you, you know, if, if you just give me the tools, then like, I wasn't in control of my life when I had my leg, like there was nothing I could do to make my leg better. Right now with, with this prosthetic leg, it's like my success is determined by, like how hard I'm willing to push myself physically and mentally. And that's what I'm good at. That's my, that's my intoxication. You know, like I love that. That's my purpose. Like that's where I find meaning and purpose in life is just pushing myself. And that's what I loved about the military. And so they cut my leg off and I got that part of me back. And here we are today. You know, I, I, I love so, that. What was the thing? What was the point, you know, in, in 2011 where you're like, that's it enough. I gotta, I gotta get in there and convince this doc to take my leg. So in, uh, in, in December, 2010 there, like I was at the end of my rope, man. It was, it was kind of, I remember I was just sitting in my room. It had been two years and I was kind of like teetering in between life and death. Yep. And I, I was alive, but I wasn't living for anything and I wanted to die. And so it was like by November, December, 2010, I remember thinking, I was just like, this is it, man. Like quit being a bitch, like make a decision, choose life or choose death and fucking go all in on one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I uh, like, and, and oddly enough, a dude I served with, he got medically retired. He, he, he catted twice in, uh, in selection and they, they retired him. Um, and he, he, he's a big dude. He's a barrel chest. He's like six, four, you know, if he was, if he was lean and ripped, he'd be two fifty. you wow. know? So he's, so he got out of the military and he pops butt back up to, to, to pushing 300 pounds there. And, and this is back when tough mutters were just sort of coming out, you know, yep. they weren't too popular yet. And he put it out on Facebook that he was going to start a Tough Mudder team for the following June 2011 there. And he just it was kind of like an open invite. And he was sort of using this as a way to, like, get back in shape and, and, and do this fun race and bond with people. And, and just out of the blue, man, I, I had lost contact with everybody. And I just wrote to him. And I was like, dude, can I be on this team? And, uh, he's you know, he's like, absolutely. And so, you know, I say what, what, what really – and so – from, from that moment on, like I had something to train for, I had something yeah. to work towards and that just provided the the right type of spark, you know, that, that provided a spark in my life. And then I threw fucking gasoline on it. That's you know? awesome. and, 
it gave me something to do. And so, you know, I trained for that and we went out and we did the Tough Mudder on my, on my broke ass leg and it hurt. And, uh, it was cool. I rode that, you know, euphoria for a few days, but then the pain set in in my leg and I was back on a cane right away. And my buddy, Sean, um, he says, why, why didn't they just cut that off? And I told him the story and he was like, fuck that shit. We're going to do it ourselves. <laughs> and so they, they know, they know shit, like started looking into nonprofits, started searching for doctors and we were like, we were ready to do it ourselves, you know? And while they were doing all the logistics for that, I was like, well, it can't hurt to go back to the VA, you know? And I, you know, went, went and saw the doctor. I was like, look, this is what we got going. Like, we're like, I'm going to cut my leg off because I'm done living like this. I want to live my life. We're cutting the leg off. Either you're going to do it or we're going to fucking do it. So they did it. (laughs) Can you describe the, 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 the hours leading up to it and then the feeling, cause you describe, you know, on your site and in other places, you describe that freedom that you experienced can you take us through that like an hour before and then when well, you well i mean let's be real i was cutting it like it's a risky fucking move you know <laughs> like, like uh, it's, that's a bold move cotton let's see if it pays off you know? like, uh, not exactly so, uh, let's add some more salt to the soup and see what happens <laughs> check okay <laughs> so the doctor the doctor says yes and then it was uh it was funny because uh we're sitting there in the, the doctor's office and he's just sitting there typing on his computer, and we're pretty. Me and my mom are there, and we're pretty sure this dude's gonna say no again. And then he's he's staring at his computer, and he just casually says, "He's like, so when are you available?" I was like, "Bro, I'll cancel lunch. Let's do it today." <laughs> <laughs> so we, we schedule it. We schedule it for a month out, and um, you know that's that's when I the 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 big a big thing I know about life. It's like it, what, right or wrong, the right choice or the bad choice, you make a decision and you go all in. You don't question shit. So it's like leading mm-hmm. up to the amputation. It doesn't matter like how, how terribly wrong things could possibly go. It doesn't matter. Like I made this d- decision and I'll, I'll deal with whatever the outcome is, you know. But fortunately, everything, everything worked out. And yeah, I, was, I was high on drugs, obviously, but they rolled me out. <laughs> and, and there's pictures of me like just coming out fresh from the amputation, just smiling and giving thumbs up and stuff like that. I was just a happy dude, you know? So awesome, man. And it was almost like a whole, you're like, you were reborn and, Mm. and how did you go from there? Well, I mean, because you're now all of a sudden you're free from this anchor, so to speak. And, and how did you, what, what did you just start thinking? What am I going to do? How, where am I going to go? What, what was next? Second time I'll say this today, like you're really overestimating my intelligence here. Like I, did, <laughs> I, I did not have a plan, you know. It's like, uh, um, so I, I got cut December 6, 2011, and I got my first leg like the first week of March or so. And uh, I had uh, another Tough Mudder coming up June already. So <laughs> um, uh, they they wanted to do like physical therapy or something like that, where they teach me how to walk. And I was like, that sounds boring as shit. So I just, uh, I got my leg and I got a personal trainer at the gym and we just worked on walking and sidestepping and karaoke. And, you know, I was like in, in like, I fell a thousand times, you know, and, and working on, you know, working with dumbbells, just learning, learning how to, how to use my body, how to use my leg. I had to yeah like start over, you know, but I never really stopped to think about how shitty it was. It's just like, I have to do this. If, if like, cause I wanted to be, I wanted to be this person. I had this idea in my head of the things I wanted to do, the person I wanted to be. 
And so I had to take that road to get there, you know? So it's, I didn't have any questions. I didn't think about it. I just did what I needed to do and it sucked and it was hard, but it worked, you know? Right. Absolutely. And I, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about falling down, it's one of those deals where when they, when they, when you're going into that situation, you, you kind of front load it. Like, Hey, look, in order to have this, this epic life that you're having right now, I'm going to need you to fall down a thousand times you Yeah, do that for me. Nothing else, yep. right? You're, you're just going to be over here and all we're going to do is fall down. That's what we're going to be doing. All right. And, and, and eventually on that thousand, whatever that number is, man, right. you're going to walk and you're going to fall anymore. You cool with that? Yeah. My, yeah, my trainer actually, he, he legit said, he's like, you're really good at falling. I was like, the army literally taught me how to fall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was fucking airborne, dude. They, they taught my ass how to fall. I'm in there in the gym, PLFing from was it six points of contact? Yeah, PLF. Yeah. However many points of contact. Knees, I was always hip. Back, I was always feet, head. feet head. You were feet head every feet head. time. Yeah, every you know, time I'm, you hit that ground, yeah. it's just like, whoa, boom. Feet head concussion. <laughs> So I actually like it's like I wish so I didn't start doing like videos and stuff like that on the internet till like 2015 and so I just like I I was four years in at that point and, like I went through the like the whole the first two to three years it was just really weak ass training and just back to the basics the foundations and everything looked stupid it was it was you know so so you know people didn't start seeing what I was doing until I was already able to do it and and I, I don't have any video or pictures of what it was like to get there. So people have this misunderstanding of me, like, oh, uh, like I'm just a natural athlete. I, I, I'm Derek White. I'm just good at everything. Like, fuck no, <laughs> motherfucker. It took four years of shit to get here. Like, it was, it was hard to get here. And I wish I could show that to people because you just say, like, it's okay. It's okay to look stupid. It's okay for things to be difficult because look, look at like what I'm able to do now is because I put in that time and work for so long. Oh, you know? sure, man. That's why when people look at it, when, when you look at an athlete or someone like you that's so graceful about it, everybody, it's because every, most everybody else looks ridiculous trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why people look up to the people who can do something really well. Absolutely. You're supposed to look like an idiot when you start yeah. something. You know, it's not like you're good at everything. I was bad at everything. All right. And I literally literally had to, and you nuts and bolts it to the very beginning and look like a moron. And hey, look, that's the best part about it. All right. Cause you, you know, when you look like an idiot, right? Totally. Yeah. And you can't hide after it. after the training, <laughs> you, you see it yourself. Like I'm, I'm starting to get in the hang of this man. And then the, the hook is when somebody else says it to you. It's kind of like when you go into the gym, people think, oh man, six weeks, that's a long time to get in shape. Well, there's actually a progression through that. I mean, like in a couple of weeks, man, you're going to see a little movement here or something like that. And all it takes is for one person to notice that. Like, hey, man, it looks like you've been working mm -hmm. out. And I'm like, okay, this is working. Looking yeah. like an idiot yep. is obviously working, man. And then yep. next thing you know, somebody will walk in and be like, hey, could you show me how to how you got like yeah. that? And then that's when you're like, all right, I guess this is this is really doing it, what it's supposed yep. to be doing. So, yeah, it's that's perfect that you said that because a lot of people look at the end game. Right? Yeah. And they focus on it the entire time. Well, that's you, you, you find your end game and what it wants to be, man. Then you shovel it to the back, right? And it's the it's the it's the fuel that drives you through all the in between till you get there. And most of the time, when you do get there, you don't even know it, right? You you, you kind of like when we were seals, right? I didn't totally. really you didn't know that you were. No, it never really registered because we're around the guys. We didn't call each other that. Hell, we don't even wear our tridents. You know what I'm talking right. about? Uh, it takes somebody else to kind of let you know that. Yep. and that's the best part about it. That's a perfect thing to say because, like, I still don't think 
that I'm good at what I do. Like yeah, I, I, I still feel like a student all the time. Like I still feel like I look stupid every day. Like nothing's ever good enough, but that's good. You know, it's like I, I, you kind of, well, you just sort of stay in that mindset and that's, that's good for, for endless growth. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. No, it's a strength that people have when you're born weak or, or, or you have, if you go back down behind the eight ball or down deep down the rabbit hole, you're kind of down there by yourself, man. And, and that's the, that's kind of the power that pushes it. Well, that's an interesting comment that you made. You you feel like you're down there by yourself. Yeah. But where the I believe the true ignition point comes is when you make that contact of like-minded people who can be supportive as sure. you're falling on your ass a thousand times. So, Derek, when you were in that four-year, you know, coming back phase, who did you surround yourself with? Um, as far as when the first year. Uh, I think 2012, I actually moved to Denver and lived by Sean, my buddy who helped me out through the amputation and helped me get there and stuff. I moved to Denver and I lived down there and I actually kind of took like sort of a year of living casually because it was the first time I was like, I was out of pain. I wasn't just stressed out about my situation. I was, I was living downtown Denver. I was having fun, drinking beer, eating good food, training casually, just enjoying life for a little bit. And, and, and those people down, my friends down in Denver, they really have, they really had this cool taste for life, you know, like they were yeah. all fit and active, but they didn't care too much. Like they sort of, they didn't judge by se- their, themselves by how strong they were or how many abs they had. They judged <laughs> themselves by how often they laughed together, you know? That's cool. And, and so they, they taught me down there, like how to enjoy life again. And, and then when I moved back up to Minnesota, I got back into training, but I didn't forget that, you know, it's sort of like enjoy, like how to enjoy life, things like that. So let's be. You can tell that's people who you know, incorporate the workout into your life. Like it's an extra deal. Like, oh, I got to go work out. And then there's oh. people like, this is just a part of it. Like, I, yeah. I, this is waking up. I go to the restroom and working out. That's part of the. It's part of who I am. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you if if you think about it, like it's just it's just something that that makes that helps me exist. And and, and I, it's not a workout. Like I have to go do this extra. Man, it takes that that pressure and that stress away. And it takes that that feeling like, oh man, it's late. You find every reason not to go exercise. It's kind of the one first thing that goes away when when the when the stress when life, life kind of yeah. comes around, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Derek, I got like, so I try to I try to tell people, um, you know, like fitness. It, it's it's it like fitness is my life because it's what I do. It's it's what I do for a living, basically. You know, but like fitness doesn't have to be everybody's life, but it should be a part of your life because, like, I call it like the foundation. You know, or like, so you have fitness here and then maybe you have your friends, your family, your wife, your job. And if you lose everything, you can always have a foundation. So something cool. you can't fall below, you know, like you get, baseline. If, if you, if you stay, if you have a foundation, you can't fall below that, you know, like, so you, that's something you can always have. And, and so it's just kind of like this cool thing. It makes you feel fucking good about yourself. So Heck yeah, it does. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, most, so- people, most people find an excuse to get out of anything hard mm-hmm. i mean we we find an excuse to stay in it absolutely and people think going to the gym is the only way you can exercise getting on that treadmill you know get outside and, and, and you know you see what i do man absolutely the treadmill will make you miserable people are like i hate cardio i'm like yeah you're fucking literally climbing a stairway that goes nowhere you know <laughs> depressing right and they'll do everything they can to, to modify it to put a tv in front of it right. to put hydraulics on it you come in the mountains i'm like why don't you take your ass to the mountains yeah exactly i'm, I'm with you brother Derek, one of the questions I, you know, everybody wants to understand. So you, you, you made it through the four years, 
you got yourself back. You, you got some identity back. You learned to live life in a, in a more purposeful way. What was the trigger to say, you know what? I, I'm going to put some stuff out there that is going to help people. That's going to, I'm going to keep my service. I'm, you know, in a different way, and I'm going to serve people to live better lives. What was the catalyst for that? Um, that's so like that, that's sort of a long story. I'll make it as short as possible. So like 2013, I moved back to Minnesota and I was, I, I, I was, I was in school and I had a, I got a, accepted to the U of M to finish my degree in psychology. And I, I, I get to Minnesota and I remember thinking, I was like, I'm sick of sitting in this classroom talking about life. <laughs> I want to live life. I'm going to go try life, you know? And, um, when, mm-hmm. so like, this is a good message for, for, for veterans getting out. You have to sit down and you have to say like, who am I? What do I like? What do, what do I like to do and how can that benefit other people? And I was like, okay, so I like fitness. Maybe I'll go be a personal trainer. And then the gym that I wanted to work at told me I had to cover my tattoos and shave my face. I was like, see you later. And <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, so I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just open my own gym. You know, don't know nothing about it. And so I started this little project of opening my own gym and, um, uh, uh, I got on the local news there and stuff and it, it started gaining some traction on the internet and then. Up in Minnesota there, uh, are you guys familiar with Anytime Fitness? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're based out of Minnesota, and the CEO called me up, and he wanted to partner up with me. And um, I worked with them all 2014, but the, it sort of fell through. We had we had different visions. You know, like, they're great people, but we had different visions. And, and, and I don't and, – and, and, but through that, through, through that process, like, what started out as simple is like, all right, it started with a question like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what am I going to do right. with my life? But then – you know, as it, as it evolved and it changed, it became less about me and more about other people, you know? And, and then in, uh, in late 2014, when that all fell through, I was like, all right, shit, like, I'm not, I'm not making an income. What, like, what can I do to make an income? I was, and that's when I turned to the internet and I fired up the Facebook and the, uh, the Instagram and it, and it, it like, it started, the, the reason it started was to make money, you know? But, it didn't take but six, seven months for that not to become the purpose of my social media anymore. You know, like now it's, it's not like, it's like my social media isn't my business anymore. It's this really cool community, you know, yeah. and it, it's a fitness page. And if you look at other fitness pages, that shit's all negative as fuck, man. Everybody's <laughs> just arguing and shitting on people's forms and, and, and arguing with each other. But, but my, my social media has become this like really cool, positive, uh, community of people who like we're not not all super fit. We're just like it's it's just sort of naturally evolved into this cool this cool thing, you know. And and it and Definitely. and uh, it, it it makes me feel good to 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 have that in my life. And and like just as much as I help people, they help me, you know. <laughs> like like being you know being able to interact with them there, it helps me too. And so you know, and 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 the lesson I learned through all this was um. You know, we when we get out of the military, some some people struggle because that loss of that feeling of service that that's like doing something that's that's bigger than you and serving your people and your country. But what I learned is like there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of fucking ways to serve. You know, Amen. Just, just find one. Just find a different one. You know. Well, hey, since we're in this realm and we're talking about you know benefiting others and the projects you're into, maybe you could tell us about what the next objective is. Or Rush Club. These are two things you're involved in. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So the the next objective was um we me and me and my buddy Sean started that 
Um, and it was just so it's because the, the two things like the, what pulled me out of, of, of my slump back in 2010, like I, I boil it down to two things, um, re- reconnecting with my veteran friends, like reconnect and just people in general and, and like purpose driven fitness, you know? So like there's a difference between working out and working out for a purpose, you know? And, um, so that's, and so that first Tough mutter, that was my next objective, you know, something to look forward to, like a short four to six month, like a short term goal, something to look forward to, something to give you something to work towards. And so that's what we came up with the next objective. And we just we do we, we promote fitness and community, you know, and um, we basically what we do with that is we give grants for gym memberships and training. And actually, now we build a lot of home gyms for dudes and, and sponsor oh. Sponsor teams cool. to to run different events and in Colorado and Minnesota they have really good um, community chapters where they do like a couple uh, group workouts a month on the weekends and stuff like that and it's it's nothing big we don't want to take that big time because you know we don't it's it's a passion project for us you know so it's just one of the ways that we can continue to serve our friends and we don't do it because we have to we just do it because we want to and we can you That's know cool. yeah. Rush. The, the Rush Club? Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah, want to so, hear about that. That looks super interesting. Yeah, Rush, so Rush Club's cool. It's it's like the UFC of CrossFit. Or I, Technically, you can't say, you can't say CrossFit because CrossFit will sue you or something. So <laughs> Is that right? Is that it's really? The UFC. Uh, yeah. I, just call it, I just call it CrossFo, like F-U-F, you know? Like, like, uh, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so um. it's, just, uh, it's just one-on-one matchups, and they have like men's heavyweight, middleweight, lightweight, and then women. But the cool thing is it's a place where adaptive athletes can compete because, you know, there's so many different, you, you know, it like my life kind of sucks in a way because like I, I'm, a, I'm an above knee amputee and I'm an elite athlete, but there's no really, there's no grand stage for me to compete at. Like I, I, mm-hmm. like I'm, I train as long as anybody that goes to the games and, and as well, I just, I'm disabled, you know, right. and, but they can't, they can't do an adaptive division at the CrossFit games or competitions because you got me and next to me as a dude missing an arm and next to him as a person in a wheelchair mm. and next to them as a person with down syndrome and next to them is, you know, like sure. the, so many different disabilities out there. It's not an even playing field. There's no champion or something. So rush club, just one-on-one matchups. It can be, you know, there's a wheelchair division, a below knee amputee division an above knee amputee division missing an arm you know, and, and pretty, probably pretty soon there'll probably be like a CP division. Cause there's a lot of people out there with cerebral palsy that are, that are like doing crit, like these motherfuckers couldn't walk three years ago and now they're squatting 200 pounds, you oh know? Oh my <laughs> like, God. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's awesome. I so, just saw, I, one that blew me away recently. We, we had Greg Jackson, the big time MMA coach on, and, uh, he's got his awesome gym down in, in Albuquerque. And they brought in uh, a guy who had Down syndrome, whose dream was to train in MMA, and now he's there all the time. Like all the guys work with him, like Jones and Holly Holm, and like they'll work with this kid on grappling and tra- and it's the coolest thing I ever saw. So I love the fact that you guys are providing a whole other forum of appreciation and community. It's really cool. I'm smiling from ear to ear right now because two days ago, so like we talked about many ways to serve. Um, my wife and I volunteered for the Best Buddies program 
uh, where we live in Las Vegas there. And Best Buddies is where you get paired up with somebody with like Down syndrome or like severe autism, something like that. And you become like their friend or mentor. So like two days ago, I finally got paired up with a guy, Sean Teeth. Um, and, and like, he's, he's into working out. So now I can take him, uh, uh, to the gym and teach him what I know. And, and, and like, I'm really, I'm really excited about, uh, uh, uh doing this here and it's, and it's about to kick off. So yeah, I it's, love it's, it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome, brother. Listen, we got just a couple more things. I just, we, we got the people that are at home right now and they're listening to this. They've been laughing. They've been getting just incredible wisdom from you. Again, I, I hate when you sell yourself short, brother. You got a a depth and a and a, a just a an insight that is so wonderfully unique and so refreshing, Derek. That please, you know, I, it's it's awesome. So, what would you tell? If are there a couple things, two or three things that you can share? With that person that's at home that is in that space that needs that little kick, that whatever, that they could take with them today to get them in the fight, to get off the couch or to, to uh, you know, just face what they're going through. What, what are some of those things? Yeah, well, I would say anybody who listens to this pod, who's listening to this podcast, they have a, a fire inside of them. And, and maybe, maybe it's died out over the years, you know, and, 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 and maybe if, if, if we can, you know, maybe through listening to this, you know, it, it sort of sparks back up. Like people have that voice inside. Everybody has that, like, you know, that burning desire somewhere inside to be, everybody has this vision of the person they want to be, but Amen. we get like, sometimes we fuck up too many times for too long and the weight of those burdens feel too heavy and you just got to forget all that shit. You just, for, <laughs> just, just, you just got to say, fuck it. I'm going to start today. And it's like, it, it, you know, it starts so small. It, it like one step at a time. You know, the problem with people uh, or a common problem people have getting into fitness, like you got a, a 300 pound dude who hasn't worked out in 15 years and he tries to get a six pack in six months, you know, and it doesn't, it, you don't, you don't, you don't. You know, so they like crash diet and work out too much and they just go to super extremes, like one thing, one thing a day, you know, if, if, you know, just like maybe, maybe your first step is signing up at the gym and then you don't even fucking go, but you went and signed up and then you go tomorrow and then you work out, you start working out and then you start eating better. Just, it's a slow process, but start today because, you know, if, when, you know, I look back in like 2009, 2010, when I thought my life was hopeless, like I thought, I thought it was over. Like I was, I was, you know, that's the word hopeless. And I never saw this. I never saw today, you know, and today is fucking great. So (laughs) you don't know, you don't know, and you can't get there unless you start moving. And it's one step at a time. You know, like one small fucking step at a time. So just, just, just start. Like everybody knows what they need to do. So like, if they're listening to me say this right now, they know in their head right now what they need to do. Start doing it. It's that, that's, it's that easy to start doing Mm -hmm. it. Listen to that voice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Derek, what, what's next on the horizon for you, brother? What do you, what do you got in the works? What, you know, how can people support you become a car part of your community? What's, what's out there? Uh, you like, so, uh, for me, it's, you know, um, I just sort of, my life is simple now, man. I, you know, like I my, what I do now is I I just share my life and I, and I chat with people and I sort of share the things I go about in, in, in some weird way. Like I'm not, my purpose isn't to motivate and inspire people. My purpose is to live my life 
my way. And it just so turns out that that's sometimes inspirational and motivational for people and things like that. And so they just, you know, they, they just kind of, kind of sort of find me and follow me. And maybe once in a while I say something that resonates with them and that's how I help other people. And so, you know, uh, my wife's in the air force, she's getting out next year and we're talking about where we're going to uh, move and plant roots and open up a, a, a family gym in like, so one business in one community where we know the people and we, we make relationships and just live a simple, quiet life. Um, that's my goal, man, is just sort of like to take my life back and live like a personal life with my wife and family and, and close friends, you know? That's cool. <laughs> like, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, I tell you what, when, when that happens and you get there and you're dialed in, please, we'd love to have you come back on. And so, because I think there's a concept and simplicity that you're learning how to perfect that can is essential for people's happiness. So when you're there and you got it dialed in, we'd love to have you come back on and, and continue sharing, bro. Cause we, we just uh, think the world of you, man. You're an Absolutely. awesome mug, bro. I, I appreciate Absolutely. that. I appreciate that. And then like, like I said at the beginning, it's like, um, I don't do podcasts, uh, for, but it's, it's really, you know, uh, it means a lot to me for you guys to even invite me to be here chatting with you today. So it's, it's, this is pretty cool for me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, man. I've been blessed. Yeah, it's been so awesome. Well, listen, God bless you and and your wife and, and, uh, just keep on keeping on, bro. Have fun in St. Louis. Right on, man. I will. Thank you. Yep. Take care. I love that dude. I don't I don't know what it is, boys, but there is something about his simplicity that is infectious to me. Because I haven't figured that out. No, he's a man on a mission. Totally. To get there, right? To simplify his life. Yeah, he's really latched on to this. I mean it's it's his lifestyle. It's well, I mean, partly it's living, of course, and it's become part of his identity, but it's something healthy and he's and you're right. It's that simplicity, that singularity, and he's a man on a mission. Uh, well, it's crazy to me, and is la- I don't know. I think it was last year, sometime. You know, this is a guy that has a massive following, right? I mean, a massive following, and he took himself out. He just, you know, he said, "I'm off. I'm done. I'm not doing it anything." Because, like he had said it, it it contorted his perception of himself, which social media can do if you let it get away mm. from you. And in that time, uh, you know, that, that reflection period, and he came back, it, it was just different. He was, a, the things that he was saying, his style, what he was putting out, and it was really refreshing to see that, you know, a guy that, you know, has this influence is able to take that moment to be introspective and to realize that what he's doing is more about servitude than making himself feel good, right? Yeah. That's a metamorphosis. Totally. I, I caught one, one of the things he said. I, I hear guys say this a lot, especially when they're talking to guys like us. And they're like, oh, you know, I was only infantry, man. I don't like it when they do that. <laughs> now that I'm out, too. I mean, you know, of no, course, when yeah, we're in and, you, and, you're, and, and we got our Budweiser on, I mean, we're, come on, we're team guys. You know, right, I was, I was right. the worst about it. But you ground pounders out there, <laughs> the infantry guys, man, I, I was up on a, we were on a sniper hide watching these guys go from house to house, right? Door right. to door, man. And just 
wrecking it, man. Just pushing Full through there. Full tilt, stormtrooping Full tilt it. boogie, man. <laughs> so much kit on, you could only see a head right? and boots. They had the, the groin pad. Yeah, the, everything. The, the, neck, the flare the, neck. The flare yeah, so, <laughs> and, you know, these kids are 18, 19 years old, man. That gear just swallows them. And it, really, it's just boots and a K-Pog. <laughs> And that big old rifle, right? That M16, that big stock. The M16A line. Hanging down. Yeah, when it's they, like this yeah, big. Six dude. and a half feet long. They right. can't even get a cheek well on well, it. You know? Know? <laughs> you know when someone holds a rifle backwards? <laughs> it's just so long, right? And I mean, right. they were just in it. And they'd come back in and check in. And we're just kind of sitting there. You know, we were covering down on them while they were... They brought a whole, they brought an ARG in actually, and, and we were covering down on while they were going block to block. Right. And, um, man, ever since I, you know, I saw that, I was like, hey, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, man. Well, he's got three deployments to Iraq. Oh, that's man. hard. You know what yeah, I mean? man, them guys are hard, man. You know, they do that, that street walking during the day. That totally. That's itself. That's just not, silly. Oh, that's just that's nuts, not, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, he has, man. He, you know, he put the work in in the military and then he, he gets out and he, and he, and a lot of people, when they look at somebody and they and they have a, and an amputee or a disability, right? If if you don't have one, it, you're like, well, you know, he can't do that because of this, and I can't do that because I'm just being lazy. <laughs> or I, I can't. I, I automatically they automatically they can assume they can do it better because of that, right? And and what what what's brilliant about him and what he's done, man, is he you know he has that that disability word, man. That's that's it's a, a tough one. That's a mindset well, thing too, man. Like what. Well, there's. I, I think in his mind, the way he he feels it is. Listen, I, I, there's I'm 100% something I'm no matter missing, what, man. I, you just, but my I, leg was made of a bone and skin, right? But you just put me a titanium leg on here. I, I don't. I don't feel disabled. You know, I feel kind of. I feel harder. You know what right. I'm talking about? And that's that that mentality when someone when they had to. And that's a word, right? When they describe you, and words have meaning and they have power. I get that. Yep. But if in yourself, man, if if you're if you're that type of person that says, man, I you know I lost my leg and I'm disabled or I lost my leg. Now I have a, a freaking Terminator now, right? That whole mentality. I'm a cyborg. You know, now <laughs> the shoot, usage of words. Shoot me in, in your my mind. knee now. I, I love where you're going with that because I think that's an essential component, essential component of the, t of the never quit mindset. It's the repetitive nature of telling yourself, I can do it one step. Like he said, one little bit at a time. Yeah, what was he calling one, it? We call it baseline. And he, right. baseline. He was calling it something else. He was, I was like, man, you're going right down that same path. That, the foundation, yeah, that we, is the what foundation. He that's yeah. right. And he said something too. He goes, one, he goes, one day an amputee will be able to make it through selection. And I was like, man, because we got guys, mm. we have tons of guys who have been operational, but they're in already. Yeah, right? they've already right. proven themselves. And think about that. I mean, think about yeah. that. I'm surprised no one's tried that. I you mean, know, that's, that's are that's we sure I, no one has tried that? Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, they. And, yes. Yeah, in our program, I absolutely can't yeah. get that waiver. Nope, no way, not initially. Yeah. Because I mean, mm -hmm. granted, the guys have already proved themselves, and then they and then it gets something removed, and they get the well. There's the, imagine the wealth of knowledge that that's they what I'm have talking about. They have, they, they, yeah. they've been tested, right? right? And that's basically what you're dealing with here for somebody who's trying to come in is they haven't been tested well mentally, right? I guess, and that's the name of the game. You're, you're absolutely right because those are about, mental tests I, 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 much I, more than their physical I, yeah, tests. Yeah, I explain. I don't know if I'm explaining this right, man, but those guys like Chad. I mean, those APTs, man, they are just hardcore, dude. Or his nails, hardcore, man. Well, I'm lucky if enough, you watch I, Derek's compete in these, like what, in that, in, in, the, the, Rush in the Rush Club, you watch his face against a full, you know, two leg, two arm, you know, in shape guy. And you watch, there's no quitting that dude. Oh, and the okay. pain I, he's, I, I, bet just you this. I bet you when it. he's competing against somebody else, he's not thinking that he has, he's, he, 
a prosthetic leg. No way. I bet both of them are down there. I'm moving. You know what I'm talking about? You get into that situation where it's go time, man. All that goes away. Even when the, the, <clears throat> they have the, the Paralympics, mm. when they're running and they're getting after it, they're not running like, oh, my leg is, I'm running with, you know, they're not doing that. They're just pushing they're, what they're they running. got. Yeah, up as here, hard man, as they got. Or 100% mm. at that moment. Yes. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're busted up, man, and, and, and someone's talking to you and you talk busted up, you know, you talk weak and you talk like I got a problem, man. Then, then, well, they're gonna, they're probably gonna, they're gonna double it, right? And they're like, oh, he's just, he's being coy right now, so he's probably a lot worse than I thought. Or if you're talking to that dude, and you're like, happened with Dana. I was hunting with Dana one time, and he fell in the mud, right? And I, was, I started laughing. I was like, good job, dumbass. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, man, my leg. Kind of. I was like, what's up with your leg now? Come on, let me hear these. I had no idea he was a double amputee. He came none. driving, none. He came driving up, in, they didn't tell me. Oh, God. He came driving up in his truck, you know, and just got out, took my hand. We went out on the hunt. We were just trumping through the woods, man. He fell. He tripped a couple of times, and then he fell that one time. I was like, dude, what are you doing, man? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my leg is kind of, and he is <laughs> real muddy. Right. right? And, and it sucked oh, down, geez. and then he pulled, and the, his leg came off, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I looked over at the uh, producer. I was like, "You got, uh, you got me." He was in on it. You know, I mean, the whole time. I, right. right. I'm going to bag on you, anyways. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what Doesn't we do, matter. man. But uh, external like, wounds, internal sure. wounds. You're getting. I was like, man, I didn't hammered. know you was missing a wheel. He's like, yeah. And he rolled over, and the other one popped off. I was like, ah, oh, he's missing one of them. I was like, what else, man? Come on. And he, he, man, he. I didn't help him. Or you know, he's kind of. He, he figured locked, it out. back in, dude, and we pushed. And But, uh, yeah, it's that mentality. I mean, uh, you know, that you can kind of, when somebody walks up, man, you can read them. Like, uh, something wrong, something's going on, something on, whatever it is, man. But those people who don't think, because literally, man, if you if you think about it, your arms and legs don't, and they don't control your life. They just carry you through it, right? Well, I imagine it's so traumatic because when this happens to a person, it fundamentally changes their image of self absolutely it's right. not natural you're absolutely right and that's regardless why it's so of to have. what specifically it means they can or can't do what they've lost those specific things it's it's fundamentally changed a conception of themselves that they've had since they were born well, or that, had been developing since then that's, that's gotta be traumatic that's because of other people. in and of itself just that change regardless of specifically whatever it means that's i mean that's a crisis of your identity Derek's right? a living example of exactly what you just said I mean, he, in the beginning, he got crushed and this, that, and the other, and it changed ex- who he was. Yeah. It took that to make him into this. Hey, And then he started rediscovering. Like you say, you know, that becomes his new baseline. Yeah. He develops a new identity, wraps it around this, and he takes off with it. And it helps out even more because of how strong he is, how weak he used to be, right? Absolutely. You have to hit the weakness point. You have to hit the point of introspection to say, all right, I'm not happy with the ident- who I'm identifying right. with. Let's make the changes. Continue on down the, the reestablishment of self, which you were talking about, Wizard. It, it, it's such an essential part of coming through that space, right, where you're really beaten down, you're really, you're really lost, you're really doubting yourself, the fear has gotten control of you, 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 you don't utilize, utilize it as a catalyst. It's just saying, hey, who is the person I want to become and, mm. and what pathway is it going to, am I going to choose to get there? For Derek, it's fitness and that got him to mm-hmm. that space. For mm-hmm. for other people, it might be, you know, 
getting a doctorate in something. For other people, it might be doing missionary work. But there's a pathway to evolving. There's a pathway to a new self. There's a pathway to becoming mm-hmm. the person that you ultimately want to be. It's just got to put in the time. Oh, he said that too. He's like, hey, start like right now. Most people are like, it's Wednesday. You know, I'm going to start working out. And I'll start on Monday because it's an even day or whatever. It's seven days. It's nothing even about that. Start right now. Go mm-hmm. in the refrigerator. Dump everything out of there. And, and you know, if you're going to change your diet, change it. Don't leave everything else. You know, about, most people just kind of... We don't ease into the cold water, do we? No. Although you just jump right on in there, right? Right. And, and and that's, I mean, yeah, the learning curve can be pretty steep depending on what you're doing, man. And that's why we we baseline, right? We start the small and, and work our way up, man. But the, the surrounding and, and he area. He exactly said that. That that was part of what he yeah. said was what, what get sur- started now, but take those little steps. Right. Perfect. Hey, uh, you got a you got a reader story over there? I do. I do. And this is we're gonna shift it up a little bit. This reader story. It's got a little bit of a twist at an end. Because and, and, one of the things we get a lot of through the website, and if, if you're a first-time listener, please, please, uh, first, let's thank you for coming on board. We really appreciate it. We hope you've enjoy, uh, enjoyed the show. Um, but second off, listen, if, if you want to know more about the site and about other guests and what we're doing and our purpose, our mission, go to tnqpodcast.com. And check out all the things. But most importantly, if you have, if this show has affected you, please feel free to write in and share your greatest never quit story with us. Because uh, that's what we want to hear. We want to create, like like Derek talked about, a community for positive and f- positivity and fitness. For us, it's a community of positivity that describes people's never quit moments that we can share with one another, that other people can tap into. So go ahead and write in, share yours or or someone you know or care about, share their story. And if it's good, we're going to read it on, on air. And if it's really good, Marcus, what are we going to do? Bring you on. I'll bring you on here and you'll be a guest. Well, this one, we get a lot of stories that kind of have a question to them, that they want some advice to it. So the wizard thought it would be a good idea if instead we just read their story that we possibly take a, a look at their question and we give it a shot at answering it. So are you up for that, Marcus? Do it. I know Wizard is. You're up for it? See what happens. Uh, let's see what happens. All right, here you go. This is from Roy. First off, I would like to start with saying thank you for your service and for continuing to inspire. I enjoy hearing the stories of incredible difficulty, but I become even more motivated by the day-to-day never-quit moments that you tell. I was 18 and did not know what to do with my life. I left home at 16 and moved in with my grandparents. My home life and childhood was not normal and pretty rough. So I joined the Navy. Best decision of my life. While doing PT one day, I passed out. I was sent to medical and then sent to the cardiologist there at Great Legs. He diagnosed me with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. After multiple appeals and denials, I was finally denied the ability to continue my journey in the Navy. They supplied me with a cardiac defibrillator, pacemaker, and sent me on my way. I was about oh, explain what that is. It, it's where basically his muscle tissue to push his his ventricles and his atrium they they aren't they're underdeveloped, so he can't process enough blood through his tricuspid valve. Imagine and, like a. 
Just so it's just a blob, right? It doesn't, blob. It doesn't, it doesn't fire. It doesn't go lub dub like and fire everything like it's supposed to. Doesn't so have the, the energy yeah, and so the ability. Old man's heart, right? Yeah, older old heart. man's heart. <laughs> so, cycle enough blood, right? Barely, right? So he's got the pacing wire and the fibrillator in there, and every time it once the heart slows down hard enough, it'll start to fibrillate, and and that pacing wire and the fibrillator shocks it back into firing it huh. back up, and the other the pacing wire keeps it going, right? Right. Yeah. Huh. Yep. All right. When I got back home, I was more lost than ever. The path I'd made for myself was gone. One day I saw an ad about becoming a medic. So I picked it up, showed up at class the first night. It was a tough program for me. Every day I had to convince myself being there was the right thing. I can look back and remember how tough that time was for me, but also how proud I am of myself that I did not allow myself to quit. However, Today, I find myself in a bad place. My heart and my mind are not in sync with each other. My life is on autopilot, and I'm not sure how to get out of it. I feel that, if I, I, feel that I have no purpose and that I'm not contributing. I know that it's not exactly true. I have a wife and three kids that depend on me, yet I still find myself with no motivation and no goals. I find myself being a person... I do not like. How do you combat this invisible enemy? That's a tough question. Especially, I remember when I was riding on the ambulances in New York City when I was going through our 18 Delta training, and and also when I was doing my paramedic refresher uh, in San Antonio, Texas. I was doing the same thing in the ambulances and in the hospitals. And I remember that just the day-to-day grind of having to deal with people that were sick or that were struggling or, you know, that lived in economically depressed uh, environments that didn't have the same opportunities or advantages as other people became really numbing to me because I had Mm. to numb myself from the pain of, of what, you know, people dying, unfortunate deaths or the pain of, of just seeing people not take better care of themselves and, and I had to get to that point where, you know, I, I, I had to spark it every day because it started affecting every aspect of my life. Just the, the grind of that, that perpetual negativity. You hear about that a lot. I mean, with law enforcement as well, right? Law enforcement, Very firefighters. Common. ER. Uh, ER docs. People working in the ER. All over the, in every yeah. profession where there's a, a, an underlying tone of negativity. Burnout. Burnout. That's exactly right. People experience burnout. So for me, listening to Roy, I would say, Roy, you know, it sounds like you might need a break. You might need to take some time off. Take 30 days to rejuvenate yourself, to go on a trip somewhere. It doesn't have to be a crazy trip like, you know, overseas or anything, but take your family with you. Go to the mountains Reset yourself on the importance of what you do for a living because Mm. it's meaningful. You're saving lives. Reset yourself in a place that you can really tap into the beauty of the love you feel for your family, the beauty, the love they feel for you and get a different perspective on life and then try and re-engage. What do you think, Wizard? I don't know how to add to that. Okay. I mean, I think that's a very reasonable assessment is that he has just lost perspective i mean we're kind of jumping to that conclusion right i mean don't know for sure 
But for you're right. Writing. He's involved in something that truly does an important piece of work. He ought to feel rewarded for doing it. He ought to feel that sense of purpose that he's lacking. So I think it's reasonable to assume that that's exactly what's going on with him. That's a great piece of advice, I think. Thank you. I don't know if I can add to it. I, and I think you shouted out burnout, Marcus. Can you, can you talk a little bit about burnout and what you've seen before? And Did you man. ever experience any kind of burnout? I know I did, man. There were, there were times where we'd come back from, you know, 30 straight days doing CQB or Mount sure. or whatever. Uh, yeah. and I was I needed, tired of it. And I needed, a, I needed to take a step <clears throat> away from my platoon. Right, from, so what, what starts happening, man, is when you engulf your – I don't think we're designed by nature just to be – so focused on that one thing right and when it comes to us we have the repetitive i mean we're over, talking about days over, without sleep <laughs> going and going and going and going and going that's that's how you can get to i get tired of it right but i loved it so much right and i knew Good that it point. was part of it was i had to do it was part of me i had to do this you can think about if you well here's the deal man if you start thinking about like a job that's that's you that's know bad that's deal. bad news that's, right there in that man. line of work what yeah. Roy does you gotta love it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love it. You like, gotta be connected to the higher purpose of it. The great thing about about what we do, what we did for a living, man, is the, the environment changes all the time. The situation changes. I mean, just all the time, right? right? So the minute we start combat swimmer, we all get burned out on combat swimmer, man. <laughs> and right when you're just about to cut your own head off, right, you get to go do something cool like ITI or or, or whatever. Right. right? They throw that in there on purpose. So. With, with that being said, man, just everything that we go through, I know when I've been pushing so hard on something, you know, I shift focus onto something else. For a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, what it does is that if you truly love what it is you're doing, that you'll, you'll start to want it. Right. That's, that's good because I've been sitting here thinking about a prior precedent from a guest we've had that we've asked about that. The only one I can think of is John Resnick. We actually asked him that question, the uh, founder of The Chive. They're on a 24-7 you know, cycle where they're just putting out more and more and more and more. There's no break for somebody like that. And his answer was that he, he tries to maintain an element of levity and fun and, and, and have a balance between it being serious at the same time maintaining some fun. Now, being a medic, that doesn't exactly necessarily <laughs> correlate. But I think what he, you might be able to do is just look for those, consciously look for the positive aspects of what you're yes. doing. So it's refocusing yourself and it is it is it is directing your attention to that. Now that's a great answer. Yeah, a lot, I, I heard a lot of those doctors, the nurses especially, they're the ones that run all that stuff in there. And they were talking about I, I focus on I don't focus on the injury and the screaming and everything like that. I focus on once I take care of it, the other side of it when they're healed up. You know that that's good perspective. The, the good, yeah, I mean you kind of and you're right. You hold on to that. All right, man, I'm gonna have to walk through hell to get to the other side of that thing over there. But look what's over there. And you just, you know, you keep holding on. And what we said, man, when there's, when there's not an end game, if you're in one of those professions, it is incumbent upon you to, to take that vacation. Absolutely. They give it to you on purpose and you'd be like, Absolutely. well, I'm, I'm overtiming it and I skip my vacations. Team guys do that. I mean, how All many times, you know, we came out of the military with over a hundred days on the books, something like that. Right. <laughs> but, um, that's it, man. It's good to go. It's one of those situations where you unplug and go do something else. And when you're over there, people are like, what in the hell are you doing here? Well, I, I would never have, you know. And they're doing a painting class. If yeah, you're yeah. some hard-ass yeah. SWAT guy. You know, right, right? Poetry right. or calligraphy, right? Just something to throw you completely off. Use the other side of your brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Work that. And that is, that's designed for a reason. I mean, a bad day is one thing. Burnout. It's a whole nother deal. Everybody will be able to see it because usually everything will start falling apart behind you. And the mm. last thing to go down is on the job. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that, yeah and, good point. You know, you look at the, the end, end out what happened and you're like, well, what led up to that? And then you look back and you're like, well, damn dude, he's burned out. You didn't see that. 
But yeah, but you know, he told us that he was good to go. Well, of course he did. <laughs> of Happens course all he the did. Time, I mean, right? Yeah. So, Roy, I, I hope those answers help you. Uh, you know, we're, we're praying for you. You'll figure it out. But, you know, if you need some more advice, go seek somebody that you really trust. Yeah, and the love. best part is that he wrote, he knows it. Oh, absolutely. You can, you can go mm. through it without even understanding what the heck's going on and, and keep it suppressed. Yeah. That's the great yeah, challenge. Yeah. So, Roy, I'm sure your organization has a place you can go get get if you need professional assistance. Uh, go find a psychologist that could help you figure it out. Ask your wife. Don't be afraid of that. Or go find a swim buddy in your life that really cares about you, a good friend that can give you some perspective and give you some uh, uh, some ideas that might be beneficial. So hopefully that works. So. This is the end of the show, man. Again, man, I just want to start my thanks by by reaching out and just saying thank you, Derek, man. You're a true inspiration, brother. Again, don't mm. sell your social. You're a tremendous influence. You've got incredible wisdom and experience that's beneficial for so many people. Uh, I just thank you for coming on. I also want to thank God. I want to thank uh, you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this and helping me with my purpose in life. I appreciate that. I want to thank my girls and my family. I want to thank, you know, the people who listen because without you, we are nothing. Without you, we, this show ends. It doesn't continue. So thank y'all. Marcus? Absolutely. I mean, it's fantastic that we get to do this. I, it's crazy. And, and it, I, I'm so thankful, man. I appreciate you guys bringing us back. It's always good to have someone like Derek on here, man. That's truth. You know, yeah, because it's straight, right? Reminds nope. you. Reminds you. And uh, again, thank you guys for bringing us back. I'm out. I'm out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.